so itosis and i mean we actually even talked to some people at the baby's home and said look i mean we we think we're doing everything right we're trying but she loves Susan, but she hates me. I'm like, I hope this gets better. And you tell them what Well, yeah. I went to some board, a board that I was on for a little while at Baptist Home and we went to a meeting. I don't know who the lady was because I'm terrible with names. And she said, have you ever heard that it takes a year to feel normal again when you lose someone really close to you in death, like your mom or your, you know? And I said, yeah. And she said, give that child a year. At a year, some switch flips and it's just different. And it was one week shy of a year that I got out of the bathtub and I walked in here and she had crawled up in his lap and went to sleep. Welcome everyone to Bringing Kids Home, a TBHC foster care and adoption production. I'm Jason, TBHC's president. We're excited you're joining us today to hear stories of how any one of us, including you, can make a difference in a child's life. Today's podcast is sponsored by, well, this podcast. We are preparing to transition from this name to a brand new name next year, and we're excited about the opportunity it will give to tell more stories that impact our mission. Now, stick around and hear how stories of faith and family help bring kids home. Hi everyone, I'm Jamie Hogan, Vice President of TBHC Foster Care and Adoption. I'm so glad you're with us today. Our guests today are Susan and Scott Shin. The Shins have resided in Edom, Texas for the last 30 years. They were high school sweethearts and live on a cattle ranch they run together. Scott is the Justice of the Peace in Van Zant County and Susan runs a cleaning business. They have shared their testimony several times at church and are graciously here to share it with us today. The theme of their story is about trusting in God's amazing time. The Shins want to share their story to show how amazing adoption is and how God used TBHC to build their family into what it is today. Scott and Susan, thank you for joining me today. Of course. Hello. <laughs> I can't see you wave. <laughs> I'm so excited to do this podcast with y'all because y'all have two great stories and I think that they're great to share with people. And so I want to start out with getting some commentary on a quote. So I'm going to read the quote to you and then you tell me some commentary on it. TBHC to me is like a Jersey cow, just like an old Jersey. She doesn't eat much or take up much space. She doesn't complain a lot. And in fact, sometimes you forget she is there. But when you have a calf that needs love and nurture, that old Jersey is there willing to give them all she has. Direct quote by Scott Shin. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to give you some commentary on that? Yes, yes. Well, so, so that's kind of the way it works. I mean, you know, you don't, you don't wake up every morning and think about Texas Baptist home, but when a child doesn't have anywhere to go, no, no one to love him, then that's where the Baptist home steps in and they provide, you know, food, uh, care, love. Uh, I mean, all kinds of things for those child. And then, and then the child moves on at some point, you know, and lives his life. Um, and, and so that's kind of the way I see it. I mean, you know, the service that they provide is, uh, you know, you just don't think about it until you need it. And then uh, they're there to step in. That's an amazing way to contrast that. I just kind of giggled when I, I read that quote from you. <laughs> so. Well, most things are going to be ranch related in his mind. So. <laughs> well, okay, let's hear you. Let's hear your story and, and what led you to TBHC. Okay, so... Uh, my, me and Susan got married when we were 19, which is way too young. I'll just throw that out there. So, uh, but, but we're still married today and we're coming up on 
30 years. And so to me, that's a big accomplishment that I put up with her for 30 years. I mean, that she put up with me <laughs> for 30 years. True. Yes. But we, uh, we were married. We loved kids. Uh, you know, our friends were having kids, our family was having kids. And, and so uh, we started with the infertility, you know, program. And we went through almost 10 years of infertility. And so during that time, you know, we first started off praying to God, you know, God give us children. And so. Uh, You're going to cry already. Go ahead. You jump in. You know, well, I'm supposed to jump yeah. in. Yeah. Where'd you leave? Oh. Okay. So okay. I'm back now. Um, and so, <laughs> the so I, yeah. So I, you know, at 10 years of that, we, our prayer started, you know, God give us children. And then somewhere along the way, uh, they can never really define what was wrong and figure out why we weren't able to get pregnant. And so our prayers kind of changed, you know, God just show us what's wrong. And so we went through uh, uh, in vitro and God did. He answered our prayer and showed us what's wrong. Uh, but once he answered that prayer, uh, we just didn't want to go through in vitro. again. Susan had already started uh, kind of researching adoption and uh, had already kind of, you know how women do, kind of started planting that in my ear. And I was not ready to hear that at that time. And so when God answered our infertility uh, prayer, he immediately opened the door for adoption. And so we just didn't want to go back down that road of infertility, even though they told us we had like a 96% chance of getting pregnant uh, if we did in vitro again. Uh, we just, God answered that prayer and moved us on. So he took that uh, that need yeah. away on that, in that and desire. So during that time, we had signed up with uh, Pure Local um, and we went to one of their orientations and Susan worked at Coca-Cola at the time, and a friend of hers had found out that Texas Baptist Home was going to start private adoptions. And so we we immediately, she come home, told me about it, and I agreed, not because I really agreed, because I was tired of hearing about it, pretty much. <laughs> and so uh, I said, you know, go ahead, call them. I mean, we had nothing to lose. And so anyway, she did. And so they, at that time, uh, they were going to take, I think it was six eight, couples. six couples, six yeah. couples, because it was a new program. Private adoption was new. And they were just getting started. Uh, Don Tunnel was the over that program at that time. And so they told us, well, we've already got our six couples. So, you know, thank you for calling. We'll put you on our list. And so we were going to uh, just get on the list for the next next round. And and so that night, I guess that was, uh, and I told Susan, I said, well, that's, you know, you made the call. Nothing we can do about it. You know, it's not, it's not, not what God wants at this time. So. Uh, we moved on, and then like the next day, I think they, uh, I believe that Alan, I think Alan Rogers, the president, actually called us. Why well, he and, called Don too? Yeah. Or Don, okay. And so they called us and said, "Hey, you know what, y'all? Um, we've decided to go ahead and just go ahead and bring y'all. You know, what's one more family? So we'll, we'll bring y'all to our first orientation." Uh, and so we got to be involved with the first uh, first orientation. They're uh, getting, you know, getting ready for adoption, uh, and so we. We showed up at Waxahachie, went through our orientation, met, you know, a bunch of other great families. And, you know, of course, I'm sitting around the room thinking, why would they choose us? I don't know why I go blank when, <laughs> when he looks at me. I'm like, oh. You're no help. So, anyway, so a lot of good family. <laughs> I was like, well, and you were always like six months behind. I was me. a year behind. So, uh, so like, I was I was high. ready to do yeah. artificial insemination, and he wasn't. And I was ready to do in vitro, and he wasn't. And then he would always catch up, and then we do it. And yeah. Catch up, and then we do it. So we're there. I don't want to be there. I had things to do that day besides being an orientation. <laughs> she, she's there 100%. Uh, Don told me later that she could tell in five minutes I didn't want to be there. Oh, uh, wow. 
Yeah. And so, but I did, I went through the process, you know, I went through the orientation and God was opening my heart at that time. And in, in not only in that way, but several other ways, but, and so we went to orientation and, um, and then they, in the orientation, of course, we talked about private adoption. We talked about closed adoptions. Uh, and the plan at that time was the Bible's home was promoting, you know, that it'd probably be a open or semi-open adoption. Um, and so we went through that and actually got to, uh, hear a birth mother come in and speak about adoption. And then we got to hear the adoptive family side of it and scare me to death. I mean, like I'm ready to like, no way, because I, you know, I guess I might be a little control freak and I'm like, I'm not going to be control, you know, I mean, we're going to have this situation. And so God was still, he was still working with me and uh, something else happened about the same time I was at the feed store, believe it or not. I went, I go to the feed store often and I was telling, uh, uh you know, group of guys, I was telling the guy that owns it, my, you know, I was telling, Hey, I got to go this weekend to an adoption, uh, you know, orientation. And, and there's an old man sitting there and never said a word. He didn't say anything. You can make me cry. Anyway. Um, and there was little things that kept turning him. Like when God just says, you know, this, he lets you know, that's what he's putting you to do. Like, it's not like he sends you an email or a text, you know, but it's just these little things that turn your mind. Because he kept saying, but it won't be our blood. It won't be our blood. It won't be us. So I'm I'm at the feed store and and the old man follows me outside and he says, uh, and of course that exactly what she said was what I was thinking. You know, it just won't be the same as the child that you know that we our birth child. You know, wouldn't be the same. And so the old man followed me outside and and uh, I didn't know him real well, but a little bit. And he told me he said, I want to tell you something. He said, You're right. And I said, What What do you mean? He said, You'll never love it like your own. And I, and I thought, well, okay, that's what I already thought. He said, you'll love it about a hundred times more. And he said, I've adopted five kids. I had no idea, you know, and then about the same time, same time, my, my brother-in-law, boy, hell, um, we, we were, you know, we really like brothers. I mean, we, um, from the time that Missy got married, well, first we tried to run him off, but since that didn't work <laughs> and they got married, um, we become real good friends. And so, uh, I, I just woke up one day and I thought my brother-in-law's adopted Never even, never even think about it. Never crossed my mind. And so all these things started happening, you know, where God started saying, you know, maybe this is your, maybe this is your plan. Mm -hmm. And so that all kind of happened about the same time of the orientation. And then we, we went to the orientation there at the Baptist home and we left there. I'm more scared than I was when I got there, but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm opening up more to the ideal. Um, and then that was in April, I believe of mm -hmm. 22. Not no. Oh, two. Oh, two. <laughs> oh, three. No. He, well, yeah. Oh, three. Okay. All right. That was in April of oh, three. Um, and so then uh, we, that was in April. And then about um, gosh, September the 18th, I get a phone call from Don Tunnel. And she says, uh, we've had a little boy born today. His birthday's the 22nd. How did oh. she call you on the 18th? Because my birthday Foster. He was still not born until the 22nd. Okay. Let me start <laughs> off. So that's why we have wives. They they correct us. So so <laughs> the 22nd, I got a phone call. I was trying to back it there up. You go. All right, I got a phone call 22nd. And Don uh, said, hey, we had a little uh, boy born today. Well, you know, so I'm not really the most optimistic person. So, like, I, I need facts. And, you know, so... I yeah. says, okay, so what does that mean? You know, what does that mean? And so she said, well, you know, we have, we've had a child born today. And because we thought, 
going through orientation that we would meet a birth mother and, and get to go to the hospital. And so we, you know, I was still buying some time, I thought. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, we get this phone call. And so, and I said, well, what's next? And she said, well, you know, there's still a lot of things that's got to happen. And, and, uh, uh, and so, you know, the birth mother will have to make her decision what she wants to do for sure. But, but you are chosen as the adoptive parents. If you, if you, you know, of course it, it wasn't, if you wanted, it was just like, you know, it was because at that point we're all in now. So, so between April and September, we're just waiting for a phone call. And, uh, and so we, we kind of, we kind of feel like that was our, uh, you know, that was our pregnancy test that day. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we, we don't feel any different than having our own child. I mean, it right. was just, ours didn't come from Walmart in a little package that says you're pregnant and your child's born. Ours came from a phone call from the baby's home. And, <laughs> And so she said, this boy's born today. And I said, what's next? And she said, well, uh, y'all can come tomorrow if you'd like to and get to see him. Um, and so, and I said, and then what? She said, well. And I said, can we sleep in the parking lot? Yeah. And I said, <laughs> well. so she said, but there's a little problem. Uh, this happened really fast and your home study's not completed. So we got to get this done. It'll take a few days. And I said, well, what, you know, what is the process? She said, well, you either you can, you know, once, once the mother makes her decision, if she decides to uh, to adopt, and so once she makes her decision, then then we'll notify you, and you can take him home. But and I said, well, Don, is there any chance that you'll say, uh, I got to come back and get him? And she says, well, we got to get the home study done first. And I said, well, look, you know, we can't take that chance because if he comes here, and I got so mad, he's not going I back. I was like, yeah, he's Why not won't you let him yeah. come now? I knew he couldn't. Yeah, I knew we couldn't handle that. So I knew that we could not handle at that point uh, somebody come to leave. And so anyway, we waited our five days. He, and so during that time, uh, I know that uh, Susie Rogers, the president of Babylon's wife, she rocked him and held him. He went to a, a real sweet uh, lady named Mandy, yeah. uh, her home for a few days. She also had a newborn. So she just had two newborns for a couple of days. And so she took care of our baby until we get the, get this, get the, the home study done. Now, we did get to go see him, but I, I knew that I, I would not be able to get Susan to leave. So I, I, I mean, I, we had to have a plan of what time we got there and what time we left. Because <laughs> she would have went home with Mandy, and I knew Mandy didn't need a new baby and two new babies and Susan to take care. <laughs> so, so we had a plan, and we were going to leave at five o'clock. And then I believe, uh, I think two days later. Of course, the dates with me are not real good. And and, and so, by the way, also if I hadn't said yes, Spencer was the first. Baptist home private adoption. Yes, so we, we claim that we claim that badge for sure. Uh, <laughs> so he got to come home. Uh, we had a, uh, we went at the time we went to Union Hill Baptist church in Brownsburg at that time. Of course they'd been praying for us. They were there. They were with us. We had family. When we brought that boy home, there was two miles of balloons. Oh, wow. All the way to the house. They, they, video, they followed us all the way to, uh, they, they oh, bet yeah, us in, eat them and videoed us driving home and we had a house full of people and i mean that that boy come home to a house full of people that that loved him before he ever got here that's amazing so, anyway so that was that was a quick turn of events for us and and god did that in his way and that was our hospital experience um uh, was you know driving the walk statue and bring him home yeah because that was one of another one of his things he was like because at that time in the hospitals, you know, you, everybody was there waiting in the hall and got to look at the baby through the window, you know, and we had done so much of that and wished for that so much that he was like, but we won't get that. 
We won't mm. have that experience. That was just another one of his why not to. Yeah, I mean, and and we were coming down the driveway with all of the balloons and all the people, and he went, "That's our hallway," and that was so. That was our. That's amazing. So, so we we brought that boy home, and and he's been loved ever since. And he turned uh, twenty yesterday, <laughs> if you can believe that. Twenty I years old. I know. I cannot believe it. So, twenty years old yesterday. And, and when God does something, I mean, you know, of course, our, that adoption, our first adoption, well, our, both our adoption are closed, but but that's a closed adoption. So we really don't know a lot about his birth parents. So we thought we would have that. But just the way this the way it happened, you know, ours is closed. We now we do believe our kids know everything. There's no secrets. We answer any question they've ever had about uh, birth family, birth parents, anything they want to know. We we answer. We told them um, we told them if they ever want to go find them, we'll go with them. They don't have to sneak around. We don't care. We're, you know, I thought he would be somebody else's child. I was raised, but that's not the way God does it. So from, from the moment he got here, he's my son. I'm daddy. You know, he might have a birth father somewhere. Um, I, I'm, I feel sorry for that man that he didn't get to raise. Him. He is a good boy. He is a really he is a good boy. He was an old man from the time he was born. He is. I mean, it is so amazing that. That I mean, we, me and him really do look alike. I mean, most yeah. people tell you, yeah, they, they'll say, "Hey, you look like your kid." Now we're we're gonna talk about Sydney in a minute, and they <laughs> they tell us we look alike. We're like, "Oh, come on now!" I mean, like she red hair, <laughs> blue eyes, and and yeah. so but, but we really do look alike. And, and not only that, but we make the same grades in school. Personality, personality, the same. We played the same position in football, the same position in baseball. Um, my dad actually graduated. My dad actually got the citizenship award of Van High School in 1960 something. I don't know. And Spencer got it two years ago. Oh, so, how cool. Yeah. He got the Van High School citizenship award, which to me is the, the highest award you can get because that's not just kids, it's not popularity. I mean, that's that's teachers, principals. You know, I mean, that's them seeing somebody that's acted right for four years and and uh, and there's probably you know 200 kids graduated so i mean to me that's a huge honor and so uh he he just a, a great kid and and i want to think i had a little bit through that but i thank god i thank god did it i think god made him for us from day one you know i, I hope that his uh, because i don't know his his birth family you know his birth mom and birth dad i mean you know, i hope their lives have been wonderful because they have really they've missed out but but we thank them so much oh yeah for making for making that decision because they could have just easily aborted. Um, you know, they could have done so many things different, but to me, they made the right choice. And uh, I think God held their hand when they did that, but uh, because he, he made him for us. And yeah. so uh, anyway, that was, that was our Spencer story. And yes, ma'am. And I, I love how you can always look back on your life and see how God just, confirms any doubts that you had oh, yeah. like this was the process Scott yeah. this is what I had intended for you and it just solidifies all that in your heart oh I can look yeah. back and I can see like you you don't know when you're being turned in a direction but now I can look back and I can see his hand turning you know but sometimes he would allow things so that you knew in hindsight he closed that door because when we were doing infertility things, there, you know, insurance doesn't pay a lot on infertility. And we would have this 
procedure coming up and we're like okay well we're gonna put it off until we can afford to do this and we'll put back and I hate that he's such a saver and he makes me wait but he <laughs> did and then we would but then there would always be something random that would happen where the you know all of a sudden the money would just is there or the insurance I, I remember when we got to the point of and he will remember more of the details on all those things because he does but when we were talking about doing in vitro I was in the doctor's office and the receptionist lady or the lady at the field desk said, she goes, your insurance pays 80% of one attempt in a lifetime. She goes, I've never seen that before. So even in vitro, that's usually never covered. We got 80% covered. So like, but God allowed us to do that. But that's where we found out our problem. And that's also when it was like, okay, lock that door. Yeah. You know, if God doesn't want anything in that egg, then we don't need it, <laughs> you know? And then, so looking back, you see where he shut the doors, but you also see where he provided so that you could do the things that, I mean, you know, every time something failed, you would just be so upset and you heartbroken and, and, but looking back at it, you look at it differently. Oh yeah. Because one day, I don't know, probably five, six years ago. I was driving down the road and I was praying and uh, about my kids and, and God said, you know, your birth mothers were little kids when you started wanting kids and they weren't old enough, but your babies were coming. So that 10 years wasn't just for this or that. It was because he knew which kids were mine That's and right. they weren't ready yet. So absolutely. Gosh, so, we're crybabies. I know. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, I mean, not only that, but I mean, talking about the money, I, I think whenever we adopted Spencer, of course, you know, Baptist Home does have a, on the private adoption, they, they have some kind of scale, you know I mean? It's a ministry, but y'all have a scale that y'all use. So, you know, you, you, you kind of, I don't think it's a charge. I think it's a donation really back to the home, <laughs> you know, to cover some expenses that y'all have. And so, but, you know, not only did God, did he do everything, but Finally, one night I just said, God, if you're going to do this, do it all. Because I kept fighting the money part of it. You know, well, we don't have the money yet. Let's wait. Let's wait. I was like, you know what? If I depend on God to send me a kid, can I depend on him to provide the money? There you go. Within a week. Within a week, my mother come to me. She said, hey, uh, we have a savings account that we put aside. We know you're looking into adoption. She said, we don't need the money. We're making like 2%. She said, you know, if if y'all, if you, you know, if you decide to go ahead, we're not rushing you or anything. If you decide to go ahead, it's there. Just let you know it's there. And, and then, uh, of course, my parents are counting. She said, uh, and she said, and by the way, right now there's an adoption credit on your taxes where, <laughs> uh, to where the next two or three years you can, you can uh, take a, a credit, you know, and she said, you can pay that loan back through that. So, not, so God did. I mean, he sent the, he gave us the money and a way to we pay got it back. two years of adoption credits. We paid back the, the money that we borrowed from my mom. You know, and so we didn't go in any kind of debt. God provided that like he did everything else. So we know, you know, we know in our story that God had his hand from the very beginning and he led us all the way through it. Um, and so we it's know that timing. and it's his timing. And and so, you know, and the story don't end there. So that was Spencer. Spencer come home uh, mm -hmm. in 03. And, and then we decided at that time, you know, we'd always, we'd, had a real close relationship with the Baptist home and the people that worked there at that time. Uh, and we'd always told them, Hey, look, we want to adopt again. Uh, but we just wanted it to be younger than Spencer. So that our only, 
requirement was that we wanted one younger than Spencer. So, so we knew the older he got, then we were able, we had a little older child that we could adopt. But I also kind of threw that back on Jamie because I would be like, you'll know, God will let you know. (laughs) And she was like, oh, great. Yeah. You know, but, and I, but I didn't know what else to say. I was like, as long as Spencer's the oldest, but God will let you know. You'll call me. You'll call (laughs) me because I was like, I don't know what else to say, you know, but the back tone about the park, when we realized that was when we transitioned into adopting from through the foster care system in the park. I don't remember. What are you talking about? When we went to the first adoption picnic. Oh yeah. When, I mean, that's kind of when I, we actually, you know, every year we try to go from the beginning to the, the picnics and the, the, and we got to meet some uh, foster kids there at times. And, and so, the adoption uh, celebration that TBS yes. is on. Well, and Spencer was the first private adoption, so most of the kids there were, well, all of them were adopted through foster care. Right. We were sitting at the table with a bunch of kids, just where we ended up sitting, teenagers, and um, for lunch. And Scott was just trying to make conversation because he's a talker. He said, "So, what are y'all's plans for the future?" And this one, the oldest little boy, I say little boy, the oldest boy said, "Well, I've got six more months, and then I'll turn 18." And then I'm kind of on my own. And uh, that was a stab in the throat. It was just like, uh, took the wind out of you. And uh, after that, more, of course, we made more conversation and went on. But on the way home, we didn't say a word for about an hour. And that's not us. Maybe 30 minutes. But, Susan didn't make it an hour. I well, anyway, <laughs> all of that, I mean, there was, there was silence yeah. for a long time. And he goes, our next one won't be a baby. Yeah. And I said, I know. And that was how that went. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So anyway, so then, so then at somewhere between Spencer's adoption and Sydney's adoption, Miss Jamie came to work at the Baptist Hall. And I guess you took over Don's role. Okay. Mm-hmm. At that time. And so we, we kept conversation and we got to know each other. And, and then one day Miss Jamie called me and said, you want to adopt a little redhead? <laughs> I didn't know what, and, and I didn't know what that meant yet, but, <laughs> but anyway, so Spencer was close to four maybe three when he this three. started, when this started. And, and Sydney was uh, close to two, I believe. I think she was two. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah right at two. And so we started the process again to adopt, uh, you know, this little girl. And then a kink got thrown in it, if you remember, because CPS was involved. And at the time, we didn't know that. Well, she, yeah. So then you called me back and you said, well, we have a little problem. Uh, the CPS, the mother had already lost the right. So she didn't have the right to, choose place and so cps was involved and so you know we pretty much thought well that's over with and um and then probably a month later you called me back and she said hey uh cps wants to know if y'all are still interested because they'll they'll choose you as adoptive parents and so we got to adopt sydney uh she was two uh and and, and once again let's i mean i'm a money guy right so we were oh, yeah. we were going to spend fifteen twenty thousand dollars donating back to the Bevis home and we didn't have it at that time. Now we had a two-year-old. You know, we didn't have it. We were going to find it because by the end, I at least learned to say when God does something, he provides it all. So I thought, well, th- at this time, I'll borrow the money, do whatever I got to do. You know, I, I was ready just to make it work. Yeah, because if it had been a private adoption, it would have been, been about a lot more expensive than $20,000. But because uh, it ended up. I mean, I might even might even sold a cow or something if I had to. <laughs> but, but now, anyway, but so. So then about 30 days later, you call back and you said, hey, you know, it's not going to be through the Baptist home, but I'll help you. And I, I, I need you to help me. So thank you. But it's going to be through CPS. Um, 
And so we went that route, which meant, which meant we only really had to pay for an attorney and, and do all the, you know, all the other things that has to be done for adoption. But, uh, so we got to go that route and we, we started, can I talk about the CPS process? Yes. It okay. may change just FYI. Oh, since no, 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 no. It's well, 20 years. Yeah. Uh, years. Okay. So, so at that time, um, we, the plan was for us to get to go to Waxahachie and meet with her foster parents and get to meet her. So the first day we get to go to the house and just me and Susan and meet her on a, I believe it was on a Saturday. And I can remember they were foster parents. So they had several kids there, but of course there was no doubt who Sydney was because she was redhead, <laughs> blue eyes. Um, and so she was swinging on a swing and we got to go meet with her and, and, and it was a good, it was a good visit, you know, and, and then we had to leave. I told Susan, we're only going to stay about an hour. These people have lives and we can't, stay here forever. And then the next day we got to go take her, that was on a Saturday and a Sunday, we got to go take her on a, a, field, trip, a field trip, yeah. on a field trip. With Spencer. Right. Her yes. Spencer. So we went to the Dallas Zoo. Uh, do what? Fort Worth Zoo. Fort Worth Zoo. Anyway, so we met them, went to the zoo. Um, and then on the way home from the zoo, we stopped at eight and we stopped at a little Chinese food place or whatever. And I'm sitting there with Sydney's in a, her little, you know, kid chair and, I think Spencer was getting his food or mom was helping him. And, and, and Sydney looked at me and Sydney and uh, Susan and Spencer walked to get their food. And she says, where's mama, where's mama going? And I thought, well, she's been in foster care. She probably calls all women mom, you know? And so I thought that's kind of weird, but um, you know, maybe that's what she calls everybody. So we went ahead, ate, everything, everything went good. We went back to the, we went back to the uh, foster home to drop her back off. And then we had to go home, which, you know, when you go through that, it's not easy, but it's the process. And it's good. I think it's good for the kids to have that process. But uh, so I was telling her foster mother the story, you know, about, I said, well, I said, you know, does she call everybody mama? Because when Susan walked off, she said, she don't call anybody mama. She, said, she don't call me mama. She don't call anybody mama. And so that, that was pretty I didn't neat. Know that I didn't know that. Yeah, part. yeah, that was pretty neat. And so we dropped her back off, and then the next weekend, we were supposed to. Uh, and at that time, we were mostly talking to the CPS caseworker, uh, not not you, but. And then so we picked her up, the next weekend, and to bring her home for a weekend visit, and then we we're going to take her back. And when we picked her up, my CPS caseworker, when we got to the car, she said, uh, "Yeah, she brought her here." Remember, she drove out here and oh. brought her. Okay, well, anyways. it was weird. We were like, yeah. okay. Well, she brought, okay, she brought her because I'm sorry about that. But but she said, hey, she said, by the way, she said, uh, y'all don't have to take her back. And I was like, it's not <laughs> whoa. Hi, I'm Laurie Henthorne, donor engagement manager at TBHC Foster Care and Adoption. Did you know that there are over 6,000 children waiting for adoption in Texas today? And did you know that there are only about a thousand willing foster adoptive homes licensed and available to them? These children are coming from hard places and are needing a place to heal. We at TBHC strive to provide homes where they'll feel safe and loved and where they can begin their healing process. What if you could play a part in changing these statistics? TBHC depends on people like you to help change the course of these children's lives. You could open your heart and home to them or you could come alongside them and help provide for the parents' training or for specialized therapy for a child through your financial support. We invite you to visit our website, tbhc.org, to find out more about us, hear inspiring stories and ways to pray for TBHC families, 
and to find out how you can be a part of bringing kids home. <laughs> Whoa! Said, go in the house and call Jamie. Uh, I said, go call Jamie because uh, we don't want to make this lady mad. I mean, she's our CPS caseworker, and we we are so thankful that we're getting to adopt. But but I don't have any legal authority to take her to the hospital or to the doctor. You know, uh, we're supposed to go through this plan. And so call Miss Jamie and Miss Jamie. We thank you. You smoothed it over, and we didn't we make like, her. Um, no, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't make her mad. And so and then she so she stayed the weekend with us. It was great. Now. Uh, her when we took her back her foster mother was like uh, she's like i don't know what's going on she said but we need to hurry up and get this done she said because this is really hard on us because she when y'all leave she just cries and acts up and throws a fit she don't want to be here no more and we can't deal with her acting like that i mean and so you know and we're like well, look we're ready we're just trying to go through the hurdles you know we're we're ready anytime and so let me tell you that girl can throw a fit yeah yeah <laughs> So anyway, so she uh, she was able, y'all were able to get it worked out that week real quick, and then I think that week is when we picked mm -hmm. her up and brought her home, and she's been here ever since. And she uh, she is a, I mean, special girl, but she she's a redhead, and she hated this. I'm just gonna tell, this might help somebody. Yeah. All right. So we brought her home, and we loved her to death, and she hated my guts for the first year. <laughs> men, she didn't like men. Yeah. Well, she liked like she, she didn't like your dad either, and no. y'all are the most yeah uh, two. Kids just run to them. Yeah. But, and she was like, uh-uh. Oh, no. I mean, this girl. She would put this smirky little look on her face uh, and give them this stink eye. Oh, yeah. And, and when mom would leave. Not going to love them. And, when Susan would leave, she would, I mean, stand at the door for an hour. Just uh, an hour. Yes. Not crying. No, just standing there. Don't because, fit. Yeah. Knee popping mad. So I told Susan, I mean, we actually even talked to some people at the Baptist home and said, look, I mean, we, we think we're doing everything right. We're trying, but. She loves Susan, but she hates me. I'm like, I hope this gets better. And you tell them what the Well, yeah. I went to, there was a some board a board that I was on for a little while at the Baptist home. I went to a meeting. I don't know who the lady was because I'm terrible with names, but she was also there. And she, you and I were talking about, because the honeymoon was over. And, and you learn, now the Baptist home gives you a ton of training and you expect it. But there's there's a honeymoon period, and then there's what have I got to do to make you leave because everybody else has left me, mm -hmm. and we were going through that. And um, I was talking to you about it, and she pulled me to the side a little later, and she said, "I got to tell you a secret." I said, "Okay," and she said, "I have I don't remember I want to say she had two or three kids of her own, and that she had adopted like three of her foster kids." And she said have you ever heard that it takes a year to feel normal again when you lose someone really close to you in death, like your mom or your, you know? And I said, yeah. And she said, give that child a year. She said, I don't know what it is. She said at a year, some switch flips and it's just different. And it was one week shy of a year that I got out of the bathtub and I walked in here and she had crawled up in his lap and went to sleep. Oh, <laughs> and from that moment on, it was a whole different ball game. I mean, she would tolerate me, but she didn't like me. I mean, you could tell you like there was no doubt. And, and the th the crazy thing is, of course, Spencer was a baby, so we, you know we didn't have really there was really no scars to deal with it with him. You know, he came home almost straight from the hospital, almost to our house. But Sydney was two, and so even though she was just two, the girl could have actually made her oh, own. Yeah. She could have went to the kitchen, made her own sandwich, and ate lunch. I mean, she took care of herself. When she was two, now by the time she was three, she couldn't do anything, you know. Well, but, we talked about that one yeah. day because I mean, now, person, well, I'll skip back. 
we we left one day and Scott said, do you realize that if we died and they were left home alone, she would, she would go in there and do everything and take care of Spencer. And she, I mean, you know, and she's two, almost three, you know, but right at two. And I was dumb enough, or I should say naive enough to think, I remember when you called and you said, I've got this little girl and she's 26 months old and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, she won't have any scars, mental problem, you know, because she's so little. She yeah, I'm glad you said that because a lot of people think that way. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, I mean, how could they remember anything? They're two, but it builds whatever they go through, builds these little walls and you have to tear them down in one break at a time. And it took, and, and there, there was little funny stories. I know it would take too long, but it was about the same time we were having that conversation about them taking care of their self. And we had gone down to his mom's house and we were fixing to go check cows and ride four wheelers. And she gave them a snicker bar piece. And she said, now you can't eat that until mama says you can after dinner. And they're in the truck. And so we get through and I go put them in the truck and shut the door so we can load the four wheelers up. And I wait to hop in the front of the truck and, I look back, Spencer's sitting in his car seat, and I said, where's Sydney? And he just pointed to the floor. And I looked over the back seat, looked on the floor. She's laying flat in the bottom of that, in the floorboard on her back, eating that candy bar through the wrapper. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there was little things that you don't realize they go through, but, like, she was not going to let that get away from her. Mm -hmm. I mean, when they go without, even that little, but when they go without, like, she was like, I'm eating that dang candy bar. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but that's just little stories like that, 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 but yeah, I'm, I'm, Spencer was an old man. Like I said, when he was born, he's an old soul. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am so good at this. I'm like <laughs> such a good mom. And then Cindy came along and I'm like, oh my gosh, it wasn't me. It was God <laughs> because, oh, you know, it was a whole new ball game and it didn't matter. But, but Scott's mother said something one time during the, hard well no it was years later she said you know god sent y'all spencer to save you because it was such a strong you know it was the end of a long road and and that was he sent spencer to save you but he sent y'all to save sydney and mm. she said that i was like okay it's worth all this it's worth it i'm gonna get through it i'm gonna god when she said that i was like god gave her to me for a reason I'm strict and it, but he knew what she needed and mm -hmm. people, people would be like, Oh, you know, you're so strict on her. And I'm like, but you don't understand, you know, it's, but when she said that it was, it just clicked with me. They, they have to be parented totally differently, obviously, because mm -hmm. he's, he waits for me to do things for him because I like to do things for him. And, uh, I don't know why I said that. I don't I'm know. sorry. Scratch that one. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, that's not any different. Like, even just kids that you birth, you have to parent yeah. them differently because yeah. their personalities are different. Yeah. So, are. it's a good connection. Yeah. But God did. He He built, I mean, he built, he got us ready, and then he sent two kids that were made for us. We know they were uh, two two completely different stories. Both of them are closed adoptions. Which, that, and I think that helps. Which, I mean, I'm a little more comfortable with that, but don't, you know, no, please nobody think there's not other ways you know i mean that was just kind of the way that ours worked out um but man i mean gosh if, if somebody is ever having any doubts i mean we can show you 20 years of life that will change your mind 
<laughs> well, you kind of talked about a little bit of their personalities, but tell me a little bit about their relationship as brother oh, and sister. So, so she worships the ground he walks on. But really? not going to admit it. Yes. Oh, yeah, no, but she does. She ain't going to admit it, but yeah. And he he gives her moments of love. I'll put it that way. <laughs> All right. So like he like, he might walk by and hit her. <laughs> he's the no, I mean he's the big brother, but but he'll I'll you know he'll tell me that if it, if somebody messes with her, I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of him at school, and I'm like stay out of it. She's fine. Don't don't get involved. Don't get in trouble. But no, he and he always he you know she don't even know, but like all the time he'll ask me what's Sydney doing tonight? Is she going with us? Is she you know and little things like that? I mean so they they are they are you know I mean brother they're, they're brother and sister. I mean it don't matter where they come from, they're brother and sister and. Uh, you know, and over the years, I mean, they've asked a very few questions about their birth families, you know, and we've tried to answer them what we can. I mean, there's some things that we don't know because we don't have a lot of information, but, uh, you know, and I just feel like answering the questions is what they want. You know, they may at some point want more and we'll give it to them. You know, we're, we'll go looking, but, uh, you know, they, I think that, I think you have to remind them that they're adopted. I mean, they don't. We all, for all you know, of us, honestly. I mean, people will be talking about their pregnancy stories and I actually have to stop and go, oh, wait, I wasn't, you know, because yeah. you just don't go. It doesn't. I don't know how to explain that. But you don't realize you didn't after a while. Yeah, because I, they're yours. And the grandparents and the aunts and uncles would tell you the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, wait, so I really think that God did all this because he knew I couldn't deal with a pregnant Susan. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but I'm not sure. I don't know how but, to take that. Yeah, but, I know, right? <laughs> I know. But I've never looked at adoption like we've done anything for anybody. Some some people say, "Oh, thank y'all for adopting." No, it was. It selfish. almost offends me. Like, I mean, like we didn't we didn't do anything. We did it because God. That's how he built our family. I mean, we didn't do it because we went out and decided we were going to give this kid a home. I mean, I hope we have, but I, I hope we change our lives. But. Dude, it was a selfish thing. But we yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we did it because God led us that direction. I mean, that's how he made our family. And uh, yeah. so you know, when you go out in public and people hear your story, I've heard this multiple times, even to my to me, that right. oh, you are, you know, those kids are so blessed by you. And I'm like, mm, it's really the other way around. It's I know. Really, yeah, it really I feel is. closer to God in my relationship just for this purpose. Yes. You know what I yeah. mean? I know. Totally. I know. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. It really kind of it kind of fends me a little, but you know, you just let it go. But uh, and then you know they look at Sydney. Oh, she looks just like y'all. No, she doesn't. You know, I mean, but but she's ours. I mean, she doesn't right. look like, it, but she's ours. And uh, yeah, so it's been a it's a beautiful story. So I, I just my thing is, uh, you know, I just knew we knew after Sydney that we were that we we had adopted. You know, God built our family, and so we just made a you know our our commitment to God is to tell our story. I mean, so we can't, you know, we can't adopt any more kids because uh, we just, that's not our plan, but, but we can tell our story, you know, and then maybe, maybe somebody else will, you know, or maybe somebody's that old, that, that guy that I was, that was stubborn and hard headed and, you know, didn't, didn't think he would love it as much. And, and, and then find out you love 10 times more. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Those people yeah. that are listening or interested or on that verge, what advice would you tell them about being nervous or taking that first step to just get started and, and make a call for more information, especially if you have one, one person in the couple that's kind of like, well, I'm not there yet. What, what advice would you give to that? Well, so the first thing is I would say, make sure the other one gets there. All right. So either, 
get there before you start the process or get there pretty quick. But I, I wouldn't advise any couple to go into it when one of them don't want to do it because, Amen. you know what I mean? I, I think that would be a problem later. But but if it's just fear and anxiety or, uh, you know, then, then I mean, get over it because I promise you, I was completely wrong. I mean, it, it, it is it's a beautiful thing. You never think about it, adoption after just a short period of time. Uh, other than the fact that I want to share my story, you know, other than that, I, I, I don't even, it never crosses our mind. I mean, like, it's not like we're raising somebody else's kid. We're, we're, our kid just come from somewhere else. I mean, that's the way I look at it. Uh, but yeah, so there's, I mean, I, I had the same fears and anxieties. I get it, you know, but, but to me, you know, childbirth is a miracle, you know, but adoption is also a miracle because all the things that had to happen, you know, and we have, we've only told really just a portion of our real our story. I mean, like there's so many things take hours. Yeah, that happen along the way that, that are still private to our kids that, that are super neat, but we're going to let them tell it someday. You know, there's, yeah. there's the things about our story that is just, to me, is such a miracle that it, if you had any doubt that God didn't do it, it completely proves that God did it, but that's their story. And I'm going to let them tell that part of it. Uh, but yeah, it's a man. I mean, if you, if you're, if you're holding back cause you're scared, then don't drive the car because you you might hit something when you leave the driveway. So, you know, if you're brave enough to drive your car, then, then sign up and get started. Well, and, and uh, if somebody's on the fence about it, I mean, go to a class, go to a, go to the orientation, hear about it. And if it doesn't start provoking something in the person that's on the fence, then, you know, but that's those, those meetings is what put him over there. The first one we ever went to, there was a little, a little boy that gave his testimony, wasn't it? Yeah, I think the biggest at the orientation, the biggest thing that really that I guess that hit me the hardest about the whole thing was whenever I heard a adoptive child that that had a birth mother and adoptive family there, and he called his birth mother birth mother, and he calls adoptive family mom. Mom. So I mean that you know so that 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 right there was put put me over the edge. That right there proved to me that. You know, it's not where you come from. It's it's who raised you. You know, it's where you it's it's where you're you're raised and loved that really is your mom and dad. And I've told our kids several times, especially Sydney, because um, girls are a little more curious about things than boys, I think. Um, but I've told them, you know, God knew you were going to be a shin. He knew. My should I not say names? Yeah, they were. Okay, okay. <laughs> anyway, she said. Um, that um, God knew that you were going to be ours. I mean, personality wise, you, I mean, he just, he picked you specifically, not just to, so somebody could adopt you and save you from whatever you were going through. He picked you to fill this role and not just to be our kid, but to, to for our, it's yeah. our heritage. You're our, God knew what he was doing when he picked y'all. Well, that's what I love about my job. And that's why I've been here for so long is because I like to see those things unfold because I mean, almost on a daily basis, I'm like, I don't know, there's a red flag. I don't know. There's another boundary. There's more red tape and then something will happen. And we know, even as staff, we pray for situations, we pray for families and it's, it's just like a testimony every day around here. And it's amazing. And, and I, I really find it hard to other agencies that don't have the faith-based part of it in there to believe like 
how it all uh, works yeah. because he, just he, he it doesn't just happen. No. That's right. It doesn't. So, okay. Well, I just wanted to let everybody know that in the state of Texas, there are thousands and thousands of children needing forever homes. They need a family. They need a home. They need an opportunity for a good childhood. Our president of TBHC, Jason, is often quoted in saying, if not you, then who? When he is describing the need for families to embrace kids in the foster care system, the Bible states in James 1.27 to care for the widows and orphans. That verse describes one of the most purest, most undefiled demonstrations of the gospel is to move towards hard places and broken people, not away from them. And so I'm thankful for this ministry at TBHC and being able to share it on this podcast. So Scott and Susan, um, we've enjoyed working with you and keeping up with you throughout the years. And TBHC has loved seeing how your kids have thrived in your family. I love getting little updates and kind of staying together on Facebook and seeing these kids. They make me feel old because I can't believe they're that age right now. But um, thank you for sharing your Bringing Kids Home story with TBHC. We really appreciate that. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to get in touch with today's guest or any of our previous guests, you can contact us through our email, podcast at tbhc.org. That's podcast at tbhc.org. Leave us a comment, recommend a guest to our show, and give us a five-star review wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe. For more information, check out our website, tbhc.org and discover how you can participate in bringing kids home. The only other thing I can think of was we have always said that we built a family with the Baptist home. We became family. That's the part of the Baptist home's gift is, is that that's how much they love. Yes. And so, like a Jersey cap. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my gosh.